Before we get started with today's episode, I just want to say as a disclaimer that none of what I say in this podcast is actual advice. If you really feel like you have a mental health disorder or are dealing with anything personally, please seek out professional help. That is the best resource for everyone. And again, none of what I say in this podcast is anything professional or any type of advice. So thank you guys. Let's get started with today's episode. Hello and welcome back to the Sum of Life podcast. I'm your host, Liam Scully, and today we're going to be talking about my history with mental health and mental health disorders, my experiences with depression and anxiety. And I think I'm going to start with depression because that is the first one that I had to deal with in my life. Uh, I'm currently 22 years old and depression came into my life at around the age 15 or 16. And I'm going to give you guys the full story because I want you to know what I went through and if there's anyone dealing with similar things that I did in the past, then maybe it could help you too. So I've always been a worrier or a hypochondriac, afraid of really any type of problem that I was having physically, health-wise would really affect me and I would get worried and scared that it would be something greater than what it actually was. For example, like if I saw a, and this is a really blown out of proportion, example but if I saw like a freckle on my arm I would maybe be afraid that it would turn into cancer or something something crazy like that but my feeling of of needing or wanting to see a health professional has gone down dramatically like it's not really blown as out of proportion as it used to be but anyways I, I was this like a severe hypochondriac always worried about the little things like if there was something wrong with me that I would go need to see or I would need to go see a doctor as soon as possible or else I wouldn't or else I would be worrying basically that whole day or until I saw the doctor. So in high school though I had a couple things actually wrong with me and I wasn't quite sure what to do about it or the way to go about it and the story does get hard to tell because it's really personal to me but I, again I just want everyone to know what exactly I went through and I just want to be able to help you guys and put you guys in the right direction or maybe do something that I did that that helped me and maybe it'll help you guys but uh, or it might just be a personal experience Regardless, I think it's important to to share my full story and to be transparent with you guys. So being a hypochondriac, when I was going through puberty, I was actually worried that I had a genetic disorder which is called Klinefelter syndrome. This is something I learned about in biology class, and the odds of it happening to really anyone are, are pretty low. But I was really concerned because uh, normal guys, usually when going through puberty, normal males develop a thing called gynecomastia, which is a really small amount of breast tissue. And it's really strange that that happens during puberty, but it makes sense because hormones are at different fluctuations and your body's going through a changing period of where you're developing into the next stage of your life, I guess, physically and mentally. So in the normal way of going through puberty, I was developing gynecomastia, but normally it goes away within a couple months. And I think the average time span is six months until it comes up. It's very small and then it fades away again. But for me, mine actually grew pretty large, which was very odd because I was a, and I still am a quite like skinny person. I'm not really heavy set or anything. And it looked really out of proportion. And it really uh, freaked me out that I would have this genetic disorder called Klinefelter syndrome, which I believe it's XXY or your chromosomes. So you have an extra set of X chromosomes and you have more feminine features such as like enlarged uh, breast tissue, like gynecomastia, where it doesn't go away. So mine was pretty big and I had 
this for about three years until I actually went to go get it surgically removed by a plastic surgeon. But throughout that whole time span of three years, I was more or less very depressed and angry. I remember I, it, I found it so hard to even talk to anyone about it because I was so embarrassed about it. Uh, and it still, you know, gives me some type of cringe when I even think about it, uh, that it, it was even a real thing in, in my life at one point. I couldn't even like take off my shirt to go swimming in the summer because I was so embarrassed by it. And I was just so worried also that I had this genetic disorder or, you know, what was wrong with me because it, it wasn't going away from me when normally it would for a normal person. Like all my friends probably had some experience with it and I think a couple did and for most of them it just went away in a couple months and it never grew to the size that it did for me. So that was really troublesome and worrying and worrisome and um, what I did was end up going to see so many doctors to talk to them about it before I actually got the surgery surgically removed and then I got to the point where I actually did a genetic test and back then which was like five years ago a genetic test was like two thousand dollars and thankfully really thankfully I had health insurance that covered the whole bill or something like that I think I just had to pay a copay or something I'm really not sure but I did not have to pay the whole couple thousand but anyways the genetic uh, test came back after a couple weeks and this was really probably right before I got surgery to get it removed uh, but it came back and it was uh, a normal male it said I was XY and I remember having this uh, really transformative experience when I was just sitting in my bed a couple weeks before surgery. I had gotten my genetic test back and still I doubted somewhat a little bit that uh, that it was accurate or whatever. I ended up emailing one of the doctors that performed the test and he said it's completely accurate. You uh, show no signs of having Klinefelter syndrome or XXY chromosomes. And I remember just, uh, you know, at the end of my depressive stay or depressive series there for the past like three years, I was just sitting in my bed listening to Coldplay and, or actually I was, I was shuffling my songs and Coldplay came up and it was the song Fix You and their album name was XY. And this sounds so silly, but uh, I actually just, just sat there and just ended up like crying. I like, I thought that was some, at the time I thought that was some type of sign and uh, it really just overwhelmed me with emotion because the test had came back that I was a normal male when I had been worrying about this for like three years and it had been driving me insane and then I, it came back normal and then when I was listening to my songs just being shuffled that one came up and the, not only was the title Fix You but it was also their album title was XY X and Y which uh, was just amazing to me. And I think that was near the very end of my depressive state. Once I got the surgery, I was extremely happy that it was finally gone and I could finally do normal things like go swimming. And this sounds so ridiculous because for people, it, it's such a normal and, and th something that they don't even think about doing is like, oh my God, I'm so embarrassed to, to take my shirt off or something. Um, it's just, it sucked to say the least, but I'm so happy I got through it and there was actually nothing wrong with me. But I, did, I didn't see any therapist for that. Uh, I really, you know, no one was really pushing me to go see professional help for it. I mostly kept that to myself. When I get like depressed like that or sad, I, I tend to keep most of my emotions to myself, which is funny because it's the complete opposite with anxiety, or at least it has been. And I guess I'll get into that story now because currently not depressed. I mean, that that was about five years ago, but it did last for a couple of years there. But if I if I had to give myself advice from from that period of time, I would have told myself to go see professional help 
not just, you know, medical doctors, but go see a psychologist and see if it was just me being a hypochondriac, which in the end it was, uh, even though I got surgery and everything. Um, that was the only abnormal thing with me that I did actually have to go get surgery on it. But even getting surgery, it made it, it normalized it for me because the doctor there, plastic surgeon, had showed me so many pictures and he didn't show faces, but showed me so many pictures of just how many people have gotten this surgery and it just really normalized it for me. And that's where I was really coming out of my depressive state and that period of my life. But uh, yeah, I can't believe I actually just said all that. Uh, I haven't really told many people my full story on that during my high school years. It's, it's hard. I, I keep most of that stuff bottled up. Uh, unlike anxiety, like I'm about to describe the full story now for you. So with anxiety, I've had, uh, you know, like I said, I've always been a worrier, but I've never gotten physical symptoms of anxiety until about a year ago. So I started this practice, mindfulness meditation, through uh, Sam Harris's app, which is called Waking Up. And I thought it was great at first. I was uh, paying attention more, really taking in every present moment. And that was for like the first couple of weeks or months. And then I started doing things like paying attention when I was happy and feeling, you know, joyful. And I would look at that emotion in my head and kind of just pay attention to it. And then it would eventually go away, but it would, it would go away faster than it would have in the past because I was in this state of mind that I didn't want really any emotion or any form of a self, which is what his app Waking Up was talking about, that the self doesn't exist. And I was in that mindset and I was trying to acquire that that goal and complete that task, which in the end made it really bad for me and made my anxiety way worse. So I started paying attention to everything during the whole day. I was paying attention like a couple times every couple minutes to everything, my surroundings, my thoughts, which made me really dissociate from uh, reality and get into these dissociative states. And I had no idea what this was at the time, but now I can look back at it and know that it was a panic attack. And something that didn't help either is that I played rugby in college and unfortunately, this past year, my senior year, I had two concussions back to back within three weeks. And the second game I wasn't even supposed to be in, but I misheard what the doctor had said to me. And I thought he said I was cleared to play, but he did not say that. And that was a huge mistake because I split my head open that next game that I was not technically able to play in, but I did as a accident. And that was my, that was the result of a second concussion within three weeks, which is really not good for you. So I don't know if that had anything to do with spiking my anxiety also, but I think much of my anxiety came from meditation and specifically mindfulness meditation. Like I said in the past, things that I normally wouldn't pay attention to, I would be paying attention to. And I I still kind of have those habits now, even though they're very subtle. I still, whenever I get anxious, I start paying attention way more to everything, which only in the end gives me more anxiety. But anyways, this this culminated into me making up all these irrational fears in my head. And then I started experiencing panic attacks day after day, sometimes two times a day for each of them lasting about two hours, just completely brutal situations. Uh, the worst experiences of my life, to say the least. And anyone that suffers from panic attacks knows 
knows how terrible they really are. Um, but what did I do? I uh, went to go see a therapist, which was a good thing at my school. Thankfully, my school has therapists that you can see for free. And I was going there for a couple months. It was okay. I thought I went back home for a winter break and I was quickly put on medication, which I had never taken before. And the medication that I was prescribed was Zertraline or better known as Zoloft. And the dosage was 50 milligrams. And then later also I got put on uh, benzodiazepines, which was uh, Xanax specifically used for panic attacks or panic disorder. So those were the two drugs that I got prescribed and I'm currently still on Zoloft because that was six months ago now I got prescribed Zoloft or maybe seven months ago. It was in middle of December and it is currently June. So I'm still on the 50 milligrams of Zoloft and I do have to say much of it is helping a lot. It kind of creates like a buffer between when your body wants to experience a panic attack and like when you're thinking about it. It just gives you enough time to where you can know that it's just anxiety and basically just gives you a heads up. Your body's telling you that there's going to be a panic attack and you can act before it so that you don't experience one. At least that's my own own experience with uh, Zoloft or any type of SSRI like that, I guess. So there has been progression and a ton of progression. I was basically being afraid of fear, fearful of fear in the past, which I still am now, but I'm doing a lot of like exposure therapy for myself, which might not work for everyone. So just because I it works for me doesn't mean that it might work for you. I mean, it might, but you really have to talk to a professional therapist for that. And I guess I'll just say like a couple of my symptoms because I think that always helps people. A lot of my symptoms are just basically dissociative states of like depersonalization and derealization and really just like my body kind of feels like high almost really frightening to say the least but it like I said it, it has been so much better than what it was like January February March those months were absolutely terrible for the panic attacks that I was experiencing and how long they would last for like how they used to last for two to three hours uh, almost every day I only get that now about once once or twice every month or so, if maybe a couple times more, like three to four times a month, but it has gone down dramatically. And now if I just get a little bit of anxiety, it only lasts about 25 to 30 minutes. And I can deal with that and know that it's just anxiety for most of the time. So yeah, those are, uh, you know, I didn't want to make this too long, but that is pretty much my experience with mental health and mental health disorders. I hope this was useful to you guys. If you want me to talk about it more in another episode, I would definitely be open to that. I know hearing other experiences can help. If you have any like specific type of questions on something that I did, you can definitely email me. Feel free to email me. I'll probably get back to you as soon as possible on whatever your question is. Uh, Hopefully I can help you in that way also. But again, I hope this episode was helpful. It was uh, hard to say the least to talk about it, especially the first half and the second half too, because, uh, you know, sometimes talking about yourself is embarrassing, but uh, talking about mental health and making yourself better shouldn't shouldn't be embarrassing in any way and for me it's best to be transparent and hopefully get good feedback on this episode and good feedback on just my story in general because I hope I hope it helps you guys like I said and I always finish with a quote so since this is my episode that I made and my experience I thought I would give you a quote that I thought of and I have no idea if anyone has said this already but I'm just gonna put it out there it might be pretty silly but it goes like this in quotes fear is like your imaginary friend it's only as real as you make it out to be end quote. And I hope you guys enjoyed the show today. 
and I'll see you guys next time. thank you guys for listening to today's episode. I really appreciate it. And if you want to learn more or find out more about me and what I'm doing, you can go to my website at someoflife.org. There you can click on the contact page and find my email, which is liamscully at someoflife.org. Or you can just find my Twitter handle, which is at someolifepodcast. Also on my website, you can find my Patreon page and there you can find a $1, $2, and $5 tier. Each of those are per episode basis. So basically whenever I release an episode, you can pay me $1, $2, or $5 obviously i would appreciate any amount and i don't expect you guys to do it right away hopefully you gain my trust and my support and what i'm doing for the show and maybe you guys will be able to financially support me in the future and again i would appreciate that so much also just wanted to give a huge shout out to my two really good friends trip russo and brian turcott trip russo is my graphic designer he did all the designs for my podcast and brian turcott mixes my beats and audio for my intro and outro especially just want to say thank you to those guys and you can find out more information for them on my website as well and lastly i just want to say that i have a youtube channel too that's doing only love and kindness meditations and there you can find 10 minute guided loving kindness meditations that youtube channel is called sum of life also but yeah thank you guys again for listening and we'll talk to you guys next time see ya